I'm super excited to uh, be with you this morning on a lot of levels. Uh, we've had the opportunity to have some different people on the lead team uh, be in the communication rotation, and uh, it's, uh, I'm excited to be back up here. I'm continuing a, ser- a series that we began a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's our Advent series. It's called Light Arriving, Light Arriving, and uh, as Meredith uh, mentioned, uh, Uversion is, is not working with us as far as our live event, but you can still access um, Uversion if you'd like to follow along. You just have to look at Luke chapter 2 because that's where we're going to be. So if you want to open up to that or it will be projected uh, in just a moment, we're going to actually come from a, a perspective. The, the title this morning is The Real King, The Real King, and we're coming from the perspective of the shepherds. And so we've been looking at different people's perspectives as they kind of encounter uh, the light arriving. Christ arriving. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to peek in at Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and we're going to read on through verse 20. And so you can feel free to look up on the screens or follow along uh, in your physical Bible or on the Uversion app. It says this, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Christ. Sorry, who is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God. In the highest, and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your presence. We're thankful that uh, not only that you came as a child, but that you uh, choose to be with us even this morning. And so we pray that as we dig into your word, that you would uh, be ever present in our lives and that we would leave this place contemplating the impacts and the implications of coming face to face with a real king. In your name we pray, everyone said, amen, amen. So the real king, uh, the passage that I just read, regardless of whether or not you have roots in spirituality, if you claim to be a Christ follower or not, for most people, the story seems somewhat familiar at around Christmas time. The idea that uh, these angels in a field had this experience with angels, um, these shepherds in a field have this experience with angels. And uh, as I started considering the implications of this story and, and put myself in the shoes of the shepherd, I uh, was reminded one of the many times that I went on campouts uh, growing up. And so we would, uh, we would go on campouts a lot growing up, and uh, me and my dad were on a campout in the 
uh, Adirondacks, and it was he and I, and there was just an, another uh, father and son, and we were hanging out in the middle of the woods right on this lake. It was beautiful. It was picturesque. Of course, I couldn't appreciate any of that because I was a preteen, and so now looking back, I'm like, where was that place? It was gorgeous, um, but at the time, it was just, you know, the woods, and so there was a path. Uh, there was a path that, was, that, that we took to get in, and then there was a path beyond where we decided to camp. And I remember being enamored by this idea of this path in the forest, and I wanted to go see what was on the other side, and could I go in the woods? And uh, over and over again, I asked my dad, can I just go see what's around the corner? Can I go see what's around the corner? And so I remember my, my dad said, yes, kind of, I'm, it's, it's funny, in the moment you feel like, oh good, my dad's letting me. Now as a parent, I realize I drove him nuts until the point that he was like, fine, go in the forest, you know? And uh, so he said, here's the deal, you can go, just stay on the path. Whatever you do, don't go off the path because if you go even a little bit into the woods and you get turned around, you're gonna get lost. People get lost in the Adirondacks all the time. It's dangerous. There's animals out there, just stay on the path. Like, okay, path, got it, boom, I'm on it. And so I start up this path, and immediately I'm amazed at, you know, the views and the, the silence, and the silence is almost deafening if you've ever been in that type of situation, and so I'm going through the woods, and then it, it kind of happens, I sort of get distracted um, by what I would say is like preteen male catnip, and that is a dead tree, because when you see a dead tree standing and you're a preteen boy, you're like, that needs to be knocked down. I am just the lumberjack to deal with that tree. And so I went over and uh, I'm off the path a little bit. You know, there's this moment, but I'm like near the path. I can still see it. And I kind of rock this tree and I'm like, ooh, this is like a gift from Jesus Cristo, you know? And so I just, uh, that's Jesus Christ for those of you that aren't Spanish speaking. So I push this thing and the tree falls down and suddenly I'm the man in the forest. Like I can't even believe it. There's like crash, crash. I'm like, that was amazing. I'm amazing more trees must come down. And so I start looking around and there's dead trees and literally it's like more than I can handle. I start knocking down tree after tree and then all of a sudden like the trees are kind of like giving me a little lip and I'm like, did you say that? I don't think so. Boom, spinning kick, tree falls. You know, I'm like, now what? I can't hear you because you're dead. You know, so like all of a sudden I'm like little ninja forest man running around, knocking down trees. I'm knocking them down and they're breaking in the middle and folding over and almost taking my life and it's just great. And, uh, I don't know how long I was doing this, but enough to get lost and to play some pretty amazing roles in my imagination. In either case, the moment comes where all of a sudden I turn around and the path isn't there anymore. I've wandered away from the trail enough to where I don't know where I am. And so if you've ever been in a moment where you think you might be lost, there's kind of like this flutter in your chest, like, oh my gosh. And then you're like, I'm fine. I'm fine, right? You start looking around like, uh, and so like, daddy, daddy. You know, so I'm like yelling and looking around and I'm like, I think I, I think I knocked down that tree. I'm like, okay, all I have to do is follow the trees that I knocked down. And you look around like, I just need to look for trees on the ground. Like, of course, the forest at that moment, every tree's laying down on the ground. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where I am. And so I kind of wander around and I'm starting to get more and more nervous. And I realize I'm lost. Like I'm legit lost in the Adirondacks because I got distracted, because I left the path. And so I have a question this morning for us to think about. Why are we so easily distracted? Why are we so easily distracted? I ask you that because this isn't something relegated just to preteen boys. This is a humanity issue. Like we get distracted 
in our lives. We decide what's worth our attention, and then we act on that. I mean, it's simply that easy. Like, here, do this, but I really want to do that, and so I'm going to do that instead. We decide what we want to take action on because we function as the king and queen of our lives. And so we decide we're in charge uh, in every and most scenarios. It's a human condition. And I understand that there's all different types of people in the room. There's people that would consider themselves faithful Christ followers and people that would say, I'm not even sure that there is a God and everybody in between. But regardless of your spiritual bent this morning, one thing remains is the reality of humanity and the condition that we all suffer of and that is the fact that we have a will we want to impose. We want to be about the things we want to be about. Even more so in these days. We have information overload. Everything's kind of coming our way. We have so many options. It's, it's amazing, the options. I, I used to think that it was incredible the options you could have when you'd go to like a, a car lot compared to the car lot that I had even when I was growing up. But I remember my parents being like, listen, you, you have three, five, and nine on the television. <laughs> that's right. That's how old I am. It's amazing. You had to turn it and everything. Like, get up. Click. No, nothing on it. Click. <laughs> Some of you remember the pain of that. And so uh, now the options are endless. And it's not even limited to simply television channels. And it's not limited simply to the cars on the lot. Now you can go to the internet and you can look at a car in Wyoming and you can buy that and have it shipped to you. It's amazing. You, you can click through the channel. You say, oh, you know what? I don't even like the 250,000 channels I have on cable. So instead, let's put in Netflix. Let's turn on Hulu. Let's just watch the internet. Like, There's so many options. You can literally have whatever you want immediately when you want it. Amazon Prime is a deal changer for Christmas. Anybody that's a procrastinator, it's like, listen, I got till December 23rd, okay? And then they mail it to my door on Christmas morning. Like, what in the world? Why? Because we just, we have options. And so we get distracted. We get distracted because there's so much stuff coming our way. We hear and see so much. And yet, we rarely listen. We rarely listen. I want to submit to you that it's easy to hear, but that it's difficult to listen. Think about that for a second. It's really easy to hear something. The difficulty comes in when the choice is whether or not to listen. There's a difference between hearing and listening. right? So you can hear something, but listening is actually active. Listening says, listen, I didn't just hear you, but now I'm going to do it, right? So that's why you look at your kid and you say, hey, go clean your room. You need to go clean your room. They're like, okay, <laughs> did you hear me? Yeah, okay, why aren't you moving? <laughs> well, if you heard what I said, why is there no action right now? Like, no, I, I heard you, yeah. What are you waiting for? Right? And then, then it changed, listen to me. Go, change your, why? Because listening is active. So when they move, they go from hearing to say, oh, they listened to me. They went and cleaned, well, whether or not they cleaned their room. Either way, they, they walked away. <laughs> so there's a difference between hearing and listening. Some of you that are married know the difference real well. I don't want to get spouses in trouble. But like, do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, okay, are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, I heard what you said. <laughs> yeah. So there's a difference between hearing and listening. You see, simply hearing something often has little to no impact on our lives. 
We can hear something. You're hearing this right now. And you're deciding whether or not the words that I'm saying are going to have any impact on your life. You're hearing it. The question is, are you going to listen? Does it require any action from you? Because when you listen, listening has implications. Hearing happens to us. Listening is our choice. Think about that. Hearing happens to us. I, I sat in classrooms of, of, with other students, and we all heard the same thing. And then when it came time to take a test, it appeared as though maybe others had listened better. <laughs> I don't understand. Why is everybody writing? They know the answer to this? I have no idea. We all heard the same stuff, right? Hearing happens to us. Listening is our choice. So as we head into this Christmas season, we hear a lot. Right? It's like information. We hear a lot. Christmas music everywhere. Hallmark Channel blowing things up. All this stuff going on. We hear a lot. But are you listening to... I'm sorry, but what are you listening to? If you're hearing all this information, what are you actually listening to? What is it that you take action on? We take action on the things that are priority to us. Is it a distraction from what you should be listening to? If we're hearing all of this stuff and we're choosing how to act, then we're choosing in that moment what it is that influences us, what it is that we're going to listen to, what it is that's going to determine and direct our lives. And so is it a distraction or is it the stuff that you should be listening to? Christian or not, we're all amazed by the supernatural. When supernatural things happen, it gets everybody's attention. And in this text, we're talking about a visitation from angels. Like, that's incredible. It's amazing. The, I don't know about you, but I've never been hanging out in a field and all of a sudden, boom, like, hi, I'm an angel. I'd be like, wow, that's incredible. And then all these heavenly hosts start singing a song. I'd be like, I'm sorry, God, I don't know. I don't know why. And I wonder if they have like an accent, you know? I'm an angel sent by God. No one? <laughs> Okay, all right, anyway, so I just, if I didn't say that, I'd have kept thinking about it in the back of my mind, and it would have distracted me the whole time, I, but I have issues. Anyway, <laughs> I've never had a visitation like this, and if we're in the place of the shepherds, we're definitely hearing what these angels have to say. If an angel appears, and all of a sudden, there's a, a crowd of heavenly hosts, we're hearing them. They've got our undivided attention. I'd even say that most of us are listening because it's an angel appearing in a field, right? You're like, wait, are you real? Is this like a hologram? Like, I don't understand what's happening. That's why Jesus wasn't born nowadays because they would have been like, we need a paternity test and we're not sure if that's a hologram or an actual angel. Like, everybody was, but back then, it was like, no, no, she's legit pregnant and we don't know where that dude came from and he's glowing. They're like, that's God. That's God. Never seen anything like it, you know? So th this... This is a, a deal breaker right here. Most of us are hearing and listening regardless of what we think about God because a flipping angel has shown up. Undivided attention. Verse 15 says this. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. They decide what it is that we heard requires action. We've got to do something about what we've heard. 
Let's listen to what it is that these angels have said, and let's do it. And you may say, well, of course. It's extraordinary. It's unbelievable. Most of us, like I said already, would have listened. There's nothing amazing about these shepherds' willingness to to listen to what it is that the angels told us to do because they've had this supernatural encounter. But it goes on, verse 16 through 18, it says, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known uh, the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Verse 18, this idea of wondered. In the original uh, Greek, it actually means marveled or to be amazed. So they marveled at what they heard. As these shepherds are sharing this story, they're amazed. They're literally marveled. They're wondering about what it is that they've said. And, and you might have missed something that has happened here in the text. I know that the first couple times I read it, I missed it, but it's something rather profound for us this morning, I believe. What you might have missed is that the shepherds in the field get an angel. Everyone else gets a shepherd. It seems like a ripoff, right? Like we just saw an angel. It was amazing. They said this and this and that. And they're like, huh, that's interesting. The shepherds got angels, but everyone else got a shepherd. And in that day and age, it didn't get any more ordinary than a shepherd. So isn't it interesting that these people are marveled, they're amazed at what it is that very ordinary people are sharing with them. And I think most of us, when we come face to face with kind of the ordinary, then it comes up for question. Like if we have an encounter with an angel, it's like, that's amazing. But if all of a sudden just an average dude is like, hey, let me tell you something that's about to happen. God himself is coming. You're like, sounds amazing. So anyway, pass the remote. You know, like, it's very ordinary. It's easy to listen to an angel, but it's hard to listen to the ordinary, especially with distractions. I would say it's true for us today. It's easy to listen to an angel, but it's really hard to listen to the ordinary. I want to tell you this morning, I think there's two types of people in this room. There's the type of person that are like the shepherds, And there's uh, the other group of people that are hearing the shepherds. We're really kind of broken down the middle. Those that are are like the shepherds, I want to submit to you that it's possible that God wants to do something extraordinary in and through you. And what I mean by being like the shepherd is you feel very ordinary. You feel very typical. Maybe you even feel less than gifted. And you're sitting there and saying, what could God really do with me? Does God even want me like... I'm at a college right now to uh, participate in this church because I think if I went to a physical church, it might fall down, which I think is a ridiculous statement. I don't even know what it means. Like, have you ever walked into a house? They're like, oh, they're here? (laughs) I hear it all the time. I can't go to church. The place would fall down. Why? Will you come with a bulldozer? I I don't understand. Anyway, um, I, I think there are those of us in this room this morning that God wants to do something extraordinary through. And you're sidelining yourself because you feel very ordinary. You're not listening because you feel ordinary. You're not listening because maybe you know how broken you are. Maybe you feel disqualified. 
so God can't use me, but, but you're hearing, and I don't mean an audible voice, I mean a sense within yourself that you were made for something greater. You go through the motions of every day and you think deep down inside like there's something more to this one and only life. God, would you do something extraordinary in and through me? Just show me an angel (laughs) that'll tell me to do it because I'm pretty ordinary. And I want to tell you this morning to not disqualify yourself. For others of us in this room, we hear shepherds. What I mean by that is We hear very ordinary voices speaking into our lives. We want direction for our lives. We want clarity. We're we're at a crossroads in relationship. We're at a crossroads at work. We're we're at crossroads within our lives, and we just want a sign. You know, there's been moments in my life where I'm like, listen, if God just appeared at the end of my bed, at the foot of my bed, I'd do whatever he said. Like, no joke. Like, we would all do that. (laughs) Like, if all of a sudden an angel shows up in the field and be like, hey, go tell everybody this. Like, all right, I'm on it. But a shepherd walks up to you and says, hey, guess what? This is happening. You're like, really? Listen, maybe you'll have that visitation. I don't know. I'm not here to tell you that, uh, that an angel can't and won't appear. It's very well possible. I'm, I'm not here to discount that. I'm, I'm just saying that the truth is we have a very ordinary way from hearing from God. It's called the Bible. It's called the Bible. But here's the deal the ordinary is kind of hard to listen to. Isn't that interesting? Not much has changed. We all want an angel. We all want something profound and amazing and supernatural. We search for the supernatural, and yet the ordinary is right in front of us. The typical, the word of God is right before us. We, we say, listen, I want to know what to do with my life. And, and then we have this, this Bible, we have this scripture. We say, well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. Like, I don't have a lot of time to, like, read it or understand it or anything. Like, it's kind of ordinary. But I want to tell you, it's, it's not. It's not. It's, it's, it's the breathed word of God that has the answers to all of the questions, all of life's questions compiled where, where the Lord himself would come and speak to us. And I think we have a tendency to discount the ordinary. We have a tendency to discount the shepherd. When, we, uh, when we've had profound encounters with God, it becomes easy to kind of search for a feeling or an experience again. I'm going to replicate that moment. This amazing encounter that you had where maybe God moved you to tears or you just had complete clarity or, or something happened in your life and, and maybe you're here this morning and you're not sure that there is a God but there were moments in your life where you felt something and you couldn't really put your finger on it. You just knew there was something supernatural, something different. And I'm not saying that experiences are bad or that feelings are bad. I'm just saying we can't go around searching for those moments, attempting to replicate them. Because when we search for the ordinary, we miss out on God in the ordinary. We miss out on God in the ordinary within our lives. We even discount ourselves as ordinary. That's part of the reason why I love that we get to look at Mary in this text. We get to look at how Mary encounters the words of the shepherd here, and the reason why I like it is because Mary had both experiences. As we heard last week, Mary had this encounter with an angel. And so she had the angel experience. And now here she is with a shepherd experience. I wonder if she thought, why didn't the angel come to me? Is he angry with me? (laughs) He didn't even post anything on Twitter about me. You know, like the, no, not funny. All right. Uh, I tried to connect the culture yesterday and today. I just, anyway, the, uh, um, (laughs) 
<laughs> in either case, the, uh, she, she's got to be thinking, like, why didn't I have, or at least I would be thinking, why didn't the angel come to me? Why did the angel bypass me and go to the shepherds? Why do I have a shepherd encounter now? Why do I have an ordinary encounter? But that's not what happens. That's not what Mary does. In, in verse 19, it says this, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now make no mistake, Mary is not the, the hero of the story. Jesus is the hero of the story, but Mary is a model in this text for us as to what it is that we can learn from how she comes encounter with the ordinary being spoken into her life after she has had the extraordinary. She could so have easily said, listen, the way God talks to me is by angel, okay? So thanks, little shepherd boy. I'm glad that the angels came and visited you, but uh, I'll wait here until the angel comes around because he's probably just taking his time walking from the field, okay? Because that's the way I roll. I'm Mary, you know? That's how I hear from God. Sometimes we say when we've had experiences, like, this is how I hear from God, so God can't speak to me this way. He, he can't speak to me this way because this is how that, I roll this way. But Mary, she doesn't do that. She, she treasured up all these things. This word treasure. It's amazing because it's actually a word in its original text. It's a word that talks about emotions and heart. It's to the heart of the issues. She treasured this. Now listen, it, it's defined like this. To relish, savor, to keep something alive, or to fan a flame. It's related to a fire, that I would treasure a fire, that I would keep it alive. And so we have this amazing imagery where, where Mary is saying, I'm going to keep these things alive in my life. These things that the ordinary has spoken to me. I'm going I'm to fan the flame of this truth in me. I'm going to lean in to this situation. How many times have you heard the word of God spoken at some point and, and you've made a choice to dismiss it instead of treasure it? Instead of fan that flame and say, listen, God did something to me two weeks ago. God spoke to me four weeks ago. And, and instead of it being an experience, it's something that I've treasured. I've kept it alive. I've fanned that flame. I leaned into it. God messed me up. I don't know what it was. I left this place and I got to my car as quick as I could because I was crying a little, you know? Like, huh. Did you treasure it? Did you fan the flame to keep it alive? And then she says this. It goes, she says, the scripture says she did this. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Ponder. Ponder means to put in context and to connect. It's a powerful word. That Mary literally fanned the flame of this truth. She said, listen, I'm going to remember all the things that God has spoken to me. I'm going to treasure it. I'm going to fan it. And then I'm going to put it into the context of my life and I'm going to connect the dots. Man, I don't know what just happened, but it freaked me out. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening by podcast, the light went off and you should watch the video cast. And I hope someone's, I'm just going to make sure. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't. It went back on. Praise God. That's amazing. Okay. I think it's a powerful statement. If I could remember what it was that I said. Oh, yes. She's, she's treasuring this. She's fanning this flame, and then she's connecting the dots. She's putting them in the context of your life. 
I want to challenge you this morning. It's easy to be distracted. <laughs> Trust me. I would be like, how did that happen? I don't know. What's going on? But lean in for a second and consider the power of that reality. That if, G, that if, if Mary is this model for us as to how we encounter the ordinary, how often have you intentionally said, I'm going to allow the truth of God's word to be treasured and I'm literally going to fan it into my life. I'm going to fan the flame and I'm going to say, you know what? Instead of being like, man, that convicted me. Whew, glad that week was over. <laughs> Instead, kind of stir that a little bit and say, you know what, God, will you mess me up again? Because I remember your spirit was speaking something to me. I just, I couldn't shake it. I, I felt convicted. I kind of put it at, at arm's length, but Instead, I want to lean in and I want to fan it. And you know what? I want, to, I want to connect the dots. I want to put it in the context of my life and I want to connect the implications. God, will you show me what it is that I have to do with your word? Because I think it's ordinary, but it's extraordinary. Because God himself is speaking to us today. He's speaking to us through his word and we have the opportunity to either put it in the context of our life and to connect the dots to see the implications or to simply say, that was an experience. Remember that time the lights shut off? <laughs> That was weird. All right, so anyway, see you next week, you know. Have we put it into the context of our life? Do you do that with the Bible? And I understand that might sound like Christian speak, you know, the word of God and, and the Bible, but even for those of you that would consider yourself a skeptic or, or someone that isn't sure that God is real, I want to challenge you to consider what are the implications in your life if God's word is true? What's the risk in that? What's the risk in just playing for a moment in your mind and say, you know what? What if God is real? What are the implications and consequences in my life? How does that flesh out? Is it possible that in my brokenness, the God of heaven loves me? Is that possible? What are the implications of the Bible in your life? Verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I think it's an amazing, amazing chunk of scripture that a lot of us kind of read around the holidays and just get through. But I think we have so much to learn from how, how Mary encounters the extraordinary to the ordinary. And we have so much to learn to see how these shepherds go on a journey from fear to praise and glory. They're in a field and they're struck with fear. The, the word in its literal translation is mega fear, terrified, afraid. So they are literally face to face with horror. An angel has appeared. They're like, oh my gosh. They are horrified. And then in just this short time, now they're praising and glorifying God. Why? So often fear is linked to our vulnerability what it comes down to. If you think about anything you're afraid of, it's because you feel a sense of vulnerability, whether because of experience or because of lack of experience, whatever it is, there's a, a sense of something either more powerful or a losing of control. And so it strikes fear in us. I want to tell you, if you think you're the queen or the king of your life, to come face to face with the real king, it's a little scary. It's a little vulnerable. They have an encounter with the real king. They have an encounter with God himself. And here's the thing. God doesn't demand you to listen. In fact, he comes not to be served, but to serve. 
He literally takes the power pyramid and flips it on its end. The God of heaven and earth made himself vulnerable so that we can have victory over fear, even. He came as a child. He died a death that we deserve. And so I can tell you this morning, I could stand up here and be like, listen, hey, God wants to do something in your life. Now listen to it. Stop messing around. Try harder. Listen, we're talking about God here. Lean in. Buck up. Be tough. Like, but who cares? Like, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. We can try to lean in and try harder and try to listen more intently. I I look at my kids when they are so distracted, and I'm like, stop playing the iPod. I'm trying to speak to you. And they're like, okay, okay. You know, like, listen to me. And you can say, I want to listen, I just can't. Why? Because I'm so distracted by what's in my hands. I want to say the God of heaven is sitting here saying, listen, I am speaking to you. And it seems so ordinary. And we're so distracted with what's in our hands and in the day-to-day that we're missing out on what it is that God's speaking into our lives. We're walking right past it. Because if we stand face to face with it, it means coming to grips with a lot of things that mean our power starts to decrease and that feels kind of vulnerable and we hate that. We hate vulnerability. We'll make up reasons why we're not vulnerable in fact, just to cover up that we are. Our our trust in a loving savior is what compels us to listen. When I look at one of my children and say, come here, but I'm scared. The lights are off, Dad. I know. Just come to my voice. Walk to my voice. I'm scared. It's okay to be scared. Just walk to my voice. What makes them take that step is that they trust me and they know that I'm for them, not against them, that I love them. And some of us are on the verge of some of the darkest rooms of our lives. And the God of heaven is saying, take the step. And we say, but I'm scared. It's okay. It's okay to be afraid because as you take that step, the same thing that happened to the shepherds is available to you. You will walk in praise and glory because of the faithfulness of who God is. Not because of your effort to lean in, but because he's never left us or forsaken us. He's gonna walk right beside us. Is it scary sometimes? Yeah. Is it lonely sometimes? Absolutely. Because we need to tell ourselves, God hasn't forsaken me. He's walking with me. So the question is, are Are you willing to trust the Lord this morning? And so I'm in the middle of the woods and I'm spinning around lost in the Adirondacks, screaming out for my father. And all of a sudden I turn around and tears are streaming down my face and my dad's standing right there. He followed me in my disobedience. The God of heaven has followed you in your disobedience. He hasn't left you. And so I look at my dad with tears down my eyes. I said, Dad, I'm sorry. He goes, I know. You left the path. I ran over to him and he hugged me and he cried with me. I'm getting emotional now because I'm thinking about it. It was such an emotional moment because I was so terrified. I thought, this is it. Like, I, I, I am lost. I'm going to get eaten by a bear. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And, and my father followed me in my disobedience. I want to tell you this morning, you can never get so far that your heavenly father isn't there. He sees it. And as he embraced me, he said, you gotta listen to me, son. I love you. You've gotta listen. Hearing is not enough. It's so easy to hear. It's so easy to hear. Anybody that's talking can be heard. 
But will you choose to trust God enough to listen? I don't know what the implications are for you this morning. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what each one of you is facing, but I know that the God of heaven knows what you're facing, and it's not a mistake that you're here today. That you would hear that you can take those steps, that in the midst of fear, you can move forward. Because God has a plan for you. He's created you for greatness. And, you, and if you believe the lie that you're just ordinary, then you're gonna miss out on the fullness of the one and only life that he's given you because he has a purpose and a plan for you. And so the next thing I wanna ask this morning as we consider the implications in our life is a question that I want you to, to consider just for a moment. How can you make yourself available to hear from heaven and listen? How can you make yourself available? Because here's the deal. God's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to you to the, through what you might classify as the ordinary. Shepherds, Christ followers that are saying, hey, what about this? What about that? The word of God? Speak, the answers are here. And have you created margin? Or are you too distracted? Are you too distracted? with the busyness of the holidays and all the things that are happening, that you're just like a hamster on a wheel just running as fast as you can. And I, I feel like I never get ahead. That's because you're on a wheel. <laughs> when was the last time you stepped out of the wheel, created margin in your life? We've intentionally created part of the service this morning to allow us to hear from heaven and listen. I think it would be ridiculous to say, okay, so there it is. It's crazy life, right? We're super busy. All right, so now stand up. We're going to go through three songs and then we're going to leave. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. No. We're going to create opportunity for us to respond. To respond to an encounter that I believe that God wants to have with us in a unique way. We will still have song and worship, but this first song, I want us to take time to be still in God's presence. Meredith's going to give us further direction as to what that looks like and what it is that they have prepared for us. But I want you to consider the implications of actually listening to God this morning. As we prepare our hearts, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes so that we could just maybe start the process of unloading some of the distraction. For some of you, you've got to-do lists, just things you know you have to do. It's just the nature of life. I want to challenge you right now with head bowed that you just take out your phone and pull up your notes and just put down whatever it is you're thinking about Get it off your head. Just stop thinking about it. You'll think about it after. Because right now, otherwise you're going to just keep rethinking it. I want you to begin just clearing your mind, unloading the distraction. You don't have to think about that thing. It'll be there when you're done. As you kind of bow your heads and close your eyes, there's some of us in this room that our application is considering the potential that God is real. That he did, in fact, come and die the death that that we deserve. If that's you this morning, it's as easy as in the quietness of your mind to say, God, if you're real, I pray that you'd forgive me my sins and come and be the Lord and leader of my life. You can pray that prayer that easily. And I'd love to talk to you about it afterwards if you do. For everyone else in this room, I want you to consider what the implications might be for truth in your life. 